the podcast where we explain bands. I'm Olivia Ladd, a music journalist in Nashville, and I'm really curious about retro and cult bands and the history behind their music. Every time I'm out with friends, we end up talking about bands that we love, sharing personal anecdotes and facts, and talking about why we like their music so much. So I decided to record these conversations and create a space where we can go in depth and share with other people who love music. On this show, I pick a band with a cult following and have a guest from the music scene here in Nashville hop on to delve into the history surrounding that band. We go into their discography and give context about not only the music, but also the art, politics, influences, and different forms of media surrounding these artists, in turn, giving you a better understanding about their art. I hope this podcast helps someone find their new favorite band or helps someone learn something new about a band they've always loved. You can follow at Bandsplainer on Twitter to keep up with new episodes, and you can always find more episodes on olivialad.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Bandsplainer. This week we're going to explain the band Pulp and today's guest is Taylor Cole and he's a musician uh, here in Nashville so you can just kind of introduce yourself. Yeah sure. Um, my name's Taylor. I'm in a couple bands here in town. Uh, Tales which is my uh, my project I sing for and do all the crazy shit on stage um, and then I also play drums for Creature Comfort which are my um, hometown buddies from Tullahoma, Tennessee, and we've been friends for um, almost our whole lives. So that's kind of our thing. Um, I also do booking and talent buying for The East Room here in Nashville, Tennessee. So yeah, music has ended up being my whole life. Yeah, and so Taylor, we talked about him being on the podcast, and he lists out a lot of like Britpop bands, so I mm-hmm. thought Pulp would be a great place to start for us to... Yeah. Um, discuss and um, yeah so if you are unfamiliar with Pulp it's uh, they're a Britpop band Uh, I guess it's their defining genre what they came to be in the 90s they ended up kind of getting famous in the US what's really interesting I think about Pulp is that you know most bands have their like you know iconic record you know there's every band's like dark side kind of thing and they have different class which is you know considered the best Britpop record to, yeah, to most yeah. critics. But they have a lot of records before that. Like, they've been putting out music since 1983. And, like, so it's just interesting how they put a lot of back, you know, a lot of, um, I don't know, just been doing it for a long time until it finally hit. So it's Yeah, just... they were, like, a band for 17 years, I guess, until Different Class came out. So, so what's wild. interesting, yeah, it's crazy that they kind of didn't reach, like, commercial height until then. Because yeah. you look back, especially at their first three, which is It and Freaks and Separations, yep. and you kind of see, like, the seeds, like, the roots of their sound on Different Class or, like, His and Hers and yeah. everything that came out after that. And each record is, like, so unique. Like, I guess starting with It, it's more of, it's kind of, like, come to be, like, an indie pop, like, kind of favorite. I mean, people who are, like, really big fans of Pulp, like, obviously are probably really familiar with the first part, but as far as, like, 
when they became a Britpop band, that was different class, which was not until 95, yeah. As far as, like, it goes, you have that kind of, like, Morrissey vocals almost. I thought it sounded a little bit more like uh, Jim Morrison. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that sound there. Um, But before we get totally into the records, I feel like maybe we should introduce Pulp a little bit. Um, Something I really like about the Britpop scene, or at least what I've come to really like, is that they were working class individuals singing about dreaming. You know, like their dreams of being like huge rock stars and stuff like that that they just couldn't obtain. And they did eventually, but like, you know, the songs started off like that. Particularly with Pulp, when you watch that documentary, um, do you remember the name of it? It's It's like Pulp, a movie about supermarkets. And yes, and and something like like that. that. But it's really great how they point out like, he used to just work as like like selling fish. You know, in yeah. Sheffield, like, yeah. and I still imagine him like just walking by and like working at whatever like factory. Or what I don't know, it's just that's where it comes from. The whole band does too. Yeah, they come it's from. It's the whole like balance of ordinary with like these artsy like aspirations and these aspirations of fame and oh, big time. I mean, yeah, which when you get to songs like Common People, their like biggest hit, like you know, is it's all about that, and that's what the documentary is about too. They're interviewing all these like common people, and there's like even a fan there that's like, I like Pulp because they sing about single moms and I'm a like yeah. single mom and so it's like super relatable genre yeah. and then it gets into these really expansive like experimentation with sound and uh I think that's what makes it so great it's like accessible oh, yeah. their guitar players is, is is especially when you when you look at um the first three records you know it kind of has this like talking heads television type yeah. vibe to their guitar style and tone specifically yeah and then it gets a little bit more drawn out when you like introduce shoegaze and everything like that um, in the early 90s, uh, I feel like, you know, they kind of countered each other in a little way, especially Britpop took on that huge tone of the shoegaze movement. Yeah, kind of start, like, they really started off with, like, are they going to branch into new wave? Like, what are they going to kind of do? And each yeah. album is, like, to me, almost like a trial and error. There are some really great songs, and then, like, some songs where you can see they weren't, like, really sure of their sound. Especially and, like, on Freaks. Oh, yeah. Freaks yeah. is, like, so weird it's almost like an it's, ian curtis sound like yeah, he's like, trying to be like joy division or something i think he's trying to be like sexier yeah like, the yeah the thing about Jar- jarvis cocker that i really love i was watching this uh interview while i was going to bed last night to get ready for today and i found it interesting something that really sits home with me like just absolutely says what i what i do here in nashville what i'm trying to do as an artist myself is when he says that when you decide to be a an artist or a singer or whatever, you decide upon a suit to wear, you know, and you always wear it. You don't go out wearing like flip flops and shorts. You know, you you always have it on, no matter what that looks like to you. You are not probably your total self, you know, until you go to yeah. bed, and that's it. And you know, and I'm like, wow, that's absolutely what I, you know, I think too. You know, I'm like. In my in my mind, I would divide myself at two separate people. There was me before I decided to, you know, be an artist, like the tales and everything. And then there's me before that, like, you know. Yeah, definitely. Two different people. So I think that maybe he was coming into his own around freaks on that. Because he has this, like, snaky 
tall, lanky, sexy man thing vibe. Like, you know, he looks like an yeah. S when he dances, you know? Like, and that's, like, what he came to, you know, now there's, like, this, you know, cult following, especially in the UK, like, and, you know, women, like, fawn over Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. He has this, like, sexual, like, empowering, Huge. like, stage presence. And in the beginning, like, you can tell he wasn't quite there, but he wanted that. Like, he was mm-hmm. striving towards it. And so it's cool when they kind of not really took a hiatus, but before the 90s when, um, like, separations came out and stuff, like, yeah. he really came into that, like, sexual being that, like, just an artist, like, a persona. He yeah. really, like, it took him so much time to create it, and he really did. He really nailed it, like, eventually. I, I agree. That's I love watching him, too, just, like, those music videos and everything. He's so capturing. I don't know. Like, I just... Yeah, to... yeah. It's like you can't look away. It's like a really really interesting just human and then that like when he made his solo records like so much later it's like yeah. he like you know he already had the persona the stage presence all that and he's like now i can do whatever i want with it and like right. really took it to an even even like farther level uh, yeah which is cool to just see his evolution like mm-hmm. it's really cool because yeah so i guess like the start of pulp we can talk about a little bit he was I guess, like, in high school, high school age, and him and Peter Mm -hmm. Dalton, like, were just living in Sheffield, England, like, you know, normal dudes, and they, they, like, were like, okay, let's make this band. Unfortunately, Peter Dalton left before they could really do anything. That's where you get, like, their first record came shortly after that, it, um, when they were on Red Rhino in 83. And so, yeah, that's like a, they're like folky indie pop record almost. And Yeah, I feel like they just didn't have enough money or instrument instrumentation. To know, like really do what they needed to do. Yeah. Did they have, um, I forget the lady's name who plays keys. In oh, um, was she there yet? Candida Doyle. I, I believe she was on the first record. But typically it's first records you can hear how much they can afford at the time <laughs> yeah yeah especially and, um, like right out of high school or still in high school i can't i don't know yeah how i don't were. believe she was on that record but yeah so it was like they were so young and this is like a first record but it's still to me really influential because you see bands like magnetic fields that really pull oh my, from a sound gosh i love magnetic yeah. fields going yeah. through them really hard right now nice because Another it's even yeah that that honestly should be its own um because you have stuff like 69 love songs where they tried to do every song a different genre and a lot of those like literally sound like a song off of it um so i don't know it kind of goes to show that like pulp is influential even in their like earlier stuff when they were still discovering who mm-hmm. they were yeah and then freaks you have four years later comes out i believe also on red what was cool about freaks is that like this is like a themed record 10 Um, stories about power claustrophobia suffocation and holding hands yeah freaks is a very it's almost like a i don't know well like some theme tied to that like theme the whole time what i like most about pulp i thought was interesting or at least jarvis cockers his like yearning for women and like his yeah. whole like, um, it's it's that classic story of nerdy kid in high school wanting the hot cheerleader type thing, and her not going for it because they were different class type people. Yeah, and that's kind of always been a theme throughout. Yeah, I, like I the whole it, career. Is, I think it touches on that. Stops around. Um, this is hardcore. 
a little bit. Yeah. You know, and then they kind of just like we do like when the self assurance comes forward, uh-huh. uh, like as a band. But yeah, they even in the documentary he says like they were like, why did you originally start Pulpies? Like you know, why does any teenage boy start a band? Like I was awkward. I wanted the girls to like come to me. So if I played music, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to go up to them. And like whoever yeah. was interviewing him was like, that's a totally reasonable like you know reason to start a band like but that really goes into yeah like the thematics and especially on freaks there's like there's that yearning like fairground like it's the first track on that and it starts with his vocals are very dark and kind of drawn out to fit the melody kind of awkward and then you have that kind of carnivaly like sound and like the laughing and uh it kind of develops over the whole album i like something about freaks that is, I think is lost in today's records is that at the time they were selling records were selling not singles as mo- as most so yeah. so like you can start off your record with something like that and then get into the meat of it you know or instead yeah. of like now I feel like you got to get people's attention right off the gate and just be the whole thing has to be right up in your face the whole time yeah that's true because you have to sell like each song as well mm-hmm. as the album it has to be like a each track should be able to stand alone and here you see like maybe it's not necessarily a concept album but it is like the strong theme that's yeah. like all the way through to the closing track is they suffocate at night it's a super weird like dark and you know the songs get longer yeah. as the album goes and uh, i like master of the universe and i thought that was a cool like title for the the, the theme of this record and the idea of his character that he's created, you know, like maybe sometimes you think you're the master of the universe, you yeah. know, and I think we've all been there. Like, yeah. And it kind of, to me, like has tones from like the fall, which like, I feel like so many bands pulled from the fall. It's almost like they kind of did the fall as well, yeah. as well as they did Very themselves on this, one. on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that separations, they were like, I guess that took, they recorded it in 89 and 90 or 90 and 91. And, um, came out in 92 yeah so it didn't come out until 92 when they signed to um gift records which is like their first mainstream label kind of separations is a really weird it's a gem i think it's a really weird record it's kind of a i think it's kind of like a standalone record you know yeah yeah you kind of almost don't for me, it's it, I, you could totally just skip from freaks to his and hers, and then it, and then the different class, you know, and keep that one to the side. I don't know. Separations is one I'm not totally as familiar with. Yeah, separations. This is actually I think the first album I heard by them. Strangely enough, and I really liked like that is death too. And um, to me, this album is really more like a side and b side because the first like love is blind through down by the river like the first five tracks are very uh unsure they're very like weird sounding and then you get to countdown and like my legendary girlfriend which were the two singles um which kind of gave them their first like critical acclaim like a little bit of you know peak into commercial success and then yeah into death two and like all these songs and it's like a really solid record but really only on the second half. Um, but I, yeah, I really like Separations. It's a it's a weird one, but it kind of solidified their sound a bit more because they do reach toward, as far as Jarvis Cocker's like, vocals on this one, I feel like he's kind of moving toward like who he becomes to be in their commercial yeah. success. He gets out of that, like, uh, you said, like that Jim Morrissey, Joy Division thing. He kind of like 
okay, I'm going to do my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. He, like, finds his own, like, vocal style, which is really nice. He it's not like, him imitating. It, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know how... In my mind, he kind of just, like, bottles up his voice and throws it out. Like, woo! You know, it kind of just goes up and down between the scale wherever he wants it to. Yeah, yeah. In a short period of time. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, Separations is... It's a cool one, but it's also the first record they put out in the 90s, so that's kind of, yeah, it kind of did, like, mark a new era, but it is, it's definitely kind of a cult classic. Especially, you gotta think about, when it comes to the, like, 90 to 93, the huge things that were changing in music at the time, you know, specifically in the United States, and, like, the whole, like, grunge movement, everything that was just, like, pow, 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 all selling, it was all into, everything was just exposure and content all the time. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know. I think that that further fed into his and hers, the next record. Like, all that type oh, of, yeah. Like, like... Yeah, so this is, yeah, this is, like, when they start actually putting out singles, mm-hmm. and they're on... They actually signed to Island Records, which is an affiliate of a major label, so uh, his and hers really pulls on that like it goes back to like relationships babies is my song yes i wrote yeah i wrote that down babies and do you remember the first time obviously that one that one's also a really great song yeah babies is such a classic that yeah that's just like a great orchestrated piece like that song itself is such a great like single and that's yeah that's one of the other like first songs i heard by pulp when i really was getting into them that like stood out to me me too um, especially the like the music video for that that's like they do have like a twang in babies and like it moves toward the brit pop like kind of disco kind of taking points from the disco sound mm-hmm. combining it with like the twang and moving towards like the brit pop sound that they have but his and hers yeah it's like pulls on nostalgia and relationships interpersonal and all these things and so what do you think babies is about i kind of think I can't decide if it's a song about him waiting in this girl's like closet and then seeing her with another guy in that closet, or if maybe it's I, I don't know. That's just what I think it's about. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. To me, like what makes good pop music is like as clear and direct as possible, like lyricism, like oh a lot God, of yeah. it is like simplicity. And so he like his and hers, you really kind of see that. Like it's these maybe tangled meanings and like deeper thematic stuff that isn't as like not corny but kind of you know like trying to like in freaks and stuff well like for instance babies the chorus is um i want to give your children i want you to be my girlfriend oh yeah 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 i mean it's so simple and so stark but the way he's created his character you know he's like doing that like snaky movement thing on stage he's like I want to give you children, you could be my girlfriend, and then it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's like, yeah, and so his and hers is a huge step towards their commercial success. They put out all these singles from that one, and then you get to different class, which is, you know, if you ask, like, most people who listen to Pulp, this is their defining album, this is, like, a lot of people's favorite. And it just is so good. Yeah, it's just, this is, like, a great album. This is one of those, like literally a perfect album like it's just produced so well it starts out with like misshapes so you're you get the theme right off the bat talking about class division and like especially in the uk at this time which 20 years later is like still accurate like it's still an accurate commentary on like class at that time and uh things that are happening around the world and then you go into common people which becomes their biggest 
uh, single and like Disco 2000. That's and my favorite. I think that's probably my favorite pop song is Disco 2000. Yeah, Disco 2000 it's is very honest and raw song about being a young man. You know, like you know, he's the part where he talks about like watching like the. I guess in my mind, this song's about being best friends with a young girl and growing up with her, and then deciding he's in love with her, and she, you know just like in common people is not interested because she's like more popular and stuff and like i don't know, just him dealing with it and it's like cool this album to me is so cohesive like each yeah. track you could listen to alone they're all great songs but so cohesive without being kind of like generic or um like homogenized kind of sound like it all sounds the same in a good way and it's cool because he wrote eight of the 12 songs in a two-day period like he wrote all of them like in no way hours. really yeah and i yeah Whoa. i learned that while i was doing some research for this and uh it makes sense like it makes so much sense <sighs> that he really like he stuck to that theme and did it all in such a short time period yeah. that it's like it just flows so well it's like such a beautiful album sorted was i guess a single and um it was like about rave culture like about him like looking he's at this rave and he's standing there in a field with all these people and he's like you know what the hell am i doing like yeah. i don't want to be here and uh they actually got in trouble for that one because they i guess when they put it out as either a single or like in the actual vinyl record there was like an inlay that had like a diy like um, how to make, like, an amphetamine wrap to, like, hide your drugs in. What? Um, yeah, and so there was, like, all these, uh, there was, like, kind of outrage That's about so that. Good. Yeah, so they, that was kind of the beginning of them, like, being, like, scandalous. Yeah, so they got in trouble for that, and then Jarvis Cocker had to come out and be like, we, it's not about drugs, like, we don't condone drugs, it's just, like, a funny thing, like, even though it never said the word cocaine or something on it, that's also when he was getting into cocaine. Like, yeah, a lot of these bands, for this podcast I've done research about, it, like, there's always a point in the career where it's, like, heavy drug usage, like, on the Wikipedia or something. Every time. Like, yeah, so I thought that was funny though. To be able to afford it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they get a little cocky. But yeah, this record is so great. Underwear um, is also like oh, a fan yeah. favorite, and oh, I love that gosh, song. Like that's like a too. roll your windows down, like jam out song. Like such a great song. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so common people. If you haven't heard that exact single, that's obviously essential. That's like their biggest one. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of have the lyrics pulled up here. So the first lyrics are, She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. And that's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. So this is like a song about meeting a rich girl. And uh, she says, I want to live like common people. I want to do what common people do. I want to sleep with common people. And um, what it's really about, though, is that she doesn't have to be a common person, that because of her privilege and her class in society in the UK at this time, but could really be transferable um, to any time period, yeah, is like that she she can get taken out of it. She doesn't have to be a common person, so it's fun for her. So to me, the lyrics that really pull back in that theme are she didn't understand, she just smiled and held my hand, rent a flat above a shop, cut your hair and get a job, smoke some packs and play some pool, pretend you never went to school, but still you'll never get it right because when you're late in bed at night, 
watching roaches climb the wall, if you called your dad, he could stop it all. So it's almost like her being like, oh, like, I want to go to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I want to go to these dirty clubs. But, like, at the end of the day, she goes home and she doesn't have to... Uh, she doesn't have to shop at supermarkets, like, you know, or, like, be in these dirty pubs in Sheffield or yeah. wherever. So, yeah, it just shows, like, really the emotional intelligence as well was on this record. Like, when they pull into class and relationships and combine all those themes they work yeah. toward up and to this point. And just his beautiful use of the English language. Yeah, yeah. Just the way he combines words is incredible. He's a yeah. great songwriter. Yeah, just reading that little spot while you were reading it was like oh my gosh that's that in itself right there so yeah like, and that's again poem. like the straightforward lyrics that are still so poetic like um that's just really that, wonderful that i've uh, really enjoyed about the nashville community lately is that i feel like mu the music is starting to reflect like our own lives yeah um and how i think that is similarly now that this has become like a the next huge hub for music and stuff like that that we're starting to see an influx of new music and musicians and everybody moving here that it just like and when they were you know Britpop was building it's like we're now taking what we've grown up listening to and you know including pulp or whatever you know and making it into something new you know similar I don't know I just find yeah, similarities yeah. in the two yeah it's definitely yeah there's a lot more I feel like just outright like relatable pieces of work happening mm -hmm. and it's a lot of like um a lot of bands are pulling influence from yeah stuff like as millennials we like grew up listening to or discovered when we were in college yeah. or like like Pulp is a band I discovered doing college radio like I found it on a shelf and like yeah you know so yeah it's cool to see that definitely there's a lot of bands like pulling influence from this like new wave or hip-hop or all these things that happened in the 90s and like yeah. actually creating something new with it and it's it's really cool to see mm -hmm. and then next is maybe their most controversial record this is hardcore i love yeah this is hardcore. this is hardcore is is a really great record this might be my favorite pulp record uh Ooh, it's kind of hard. Know. It's hard to choose one, but I feel like I listen to this one a lot because it's similar to kind of other stuff I listen mm -hmm. to more so maybe. The song, This is Hardcore, is probably my favorite on this record. Yeah, the title track <clears throat> on this is like one of the best title track songs because it just, yeah. it truly encapsulates like the whole album. And I really love the song Dishes. Like he's so clever. He's like, I am not Jesus, but I have the same initials. Like I'm a man who has to stay home and do the dishes. And the chorus is, I want to turn this water into wine, but I have to get these dishes done. So it's this really funny, like, clever song. He probably was doing the dishes <laughs> while he sat there and wrote that. Yeah, like, probably. And that's, once again, like, just ordinary people. Like, he's yeah. this artist aspiring to be an artist. At this point, they have commercial fame. They, like, I guess right before Common People, they actually opened for Blur on a U.S. tour. Yeah, in 94. That would have been... Um, great show i know i wish i could go back in time and Can see all these shows like uh, when i've been doing research i've like gone on youtube and i find like old concerts and i'm like why oh, i want to yeah, be there too, like yeah. i would give up my phone or any like whatever i just want to like, be at these rock shows yeah but yeah so this is hardcore like he's still talking about like common common people like just ordinary people like help the aged and um, all this stuff, but this is hardcore. First of all, the album cover is like, I mean, it's a naked woman, so that got a lot of feedback from like feminists in the UK at the time, but it's honestly like compared to nowadays. 
quite t- maybe not tasteful, but it's not nearly as bad as stuff you you know see now. Like I don't think it would be that big of a deal. It is kind of eightiesy. Yeah, way, like, no, yeah, it's very like eighties glam shot. Um, yeah. But I think that's what they were going for. They wanted that shock factor and like the packaging and stuff. Um, because also with selling records around this time, like through the eighties and nineties, it was cooler if it was you know explicit or something like. Um, you know, to buy it, to, like, yeah. own it. What year was this that it came out? Uh, 98. Just right on the cusp of 2000 there, so that's... A lot happened between... Yeah, so much happened in music just while they've been a band this whole time. So, yeah. at this point, they've been a band for almost two decades, and, uh... It's crazy. And this one is actually Enemy um, named this their 166th greatest album of all time. Um, and this is the only pulp record that made the list, even though... Really? Um, yeah, as far as their greatest albums of all time, but I believe uh, like Different Class made it on a couple of lists about like Britpop like, albums. Yeah, like number one. Yeah. Like. Pitchfork, This Is Hardcore is actually Pitchfork's seventh greatest Britpop album, but I do believe a couple of their other albums are on that list out yeah. of 100. But that one, this one broke the top 10. I believe um, that like that comes from not just Jarvis Cocker, but if you think about the band as a whole, their instrumentation and their tone just gets insanely better on this oh, particular yeah. record. Like it's just, I feel like they've finally honed their sel- them- themselves themselves as musicians. I don't know. There's a lot more space and just tone and texture with the guitar. Yeah, this is like <clears throat> this is just a very professional record. This is when you can tell they're like. You know, they kind of, like, so over, I guess, up until the reunion, which we'll talk about later, but, like, over the course of the whole time they were a band, like, they had 22 different members rotate in and out, but this is where they have, like, a solid lineup, um, and this is hardcore. Yeah, the uh, senior uh, left the band right before this record, but other than that, they have this really, like... I don't know, it's just such a strong record. They go back into, like, the darker lyrical topics, but they do it so well, and it's still, like, just a great, yeah, Britpop. Like, it's a great pop album. Well, it's interesting what I think Britpop does is it challenges what what you consider pop music. You know, it's not Britney Spears, whatever. It can still be, uh, you know, a huge fucking rock song. But still be a, a, a pop song, which means it's, it's a little bit more. In my mind, means it's a little bit more straightforward and a little, little less yes sounding. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a little yeah. less experimental, but it's just more straightforward. And particularly like how they recorded it, like the, the tones are super bright and oh yeah, and shiny kind of thing. Yeah, this one is yeah. This is hardcore. Is definitely um, you know just got to sit down and listen to it all the way through is a really great uh, yeah a good example of Britpop challenging like standards of pop like it's a mm-hmm. very strong like dark rock record but they don't go into this weird it actually looks like that Lady Gaga record yeah born this way <laughs> or fame yeah it fame. literally yeah it looks like it does look like that which is funny I wonder if that's a nod to like uh in art history you know a lot of iconic art pieces are just uh, nods to previous art, you know, yeah, like yeah. Mona Lisa was the first portrait, you know, it was based on something else. So like, when I look at like the naked woman with the red sheet, there is. I remember in art history classes in college that that was kind of like a theme of sexuality and like you know like the sheets are ruffled, like was she just yeah. you know, which I think yeah is part of it. They wanted this overt like 
they pull, like we had talked about before, just all these themes that throughout the past two decades of their work, they're yeah. like, we want this one to be outright, like, sexual and have these, like, dark tones. And this is, like, I think the first record were really, like, drugs and fame or, like, you know, these things, like, really came into their music because they had never experienced that before. they were on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were, like, this is their first time being famous, so they have these songs that are outright about, like, being a famous person. And so it's definitely um a big turn for the band but this one yeah this is like they got it right so right and then after this i have not listened to we love life that much yeah it uh came out in 2001 it's their last like studio record and i don't know i don't like it i don't not like it but it's just kind of they were fading out as a band they were all breaking up and yeah you can tell it's like a a lot of bands i mean they have a song called bad cover version you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think that they just st- yeah. started giving less of a shit. And... Oh, yeah. I think this is an album where they kind of quit caring. Obviously, they were breaking up as a band. I mean, Weeds and Weeds 2 is a cool thing. I like that they continue doing the, like, two-part mm-hmm. uh, songs and stuff there. That's um, something that I feel like lost in current music. Just I miss the whole idea of a whole record. Yeah. I remember, you know at the height of illegally downloading music, which I feel like people don't really do anymore because Spotify Yeah, but, like, so. I feel like my, like, our generation, so, like, in middle school and all that, that's how I discovered music, like, BitTorrent, like, yeah. torrenting, but you had to torrent the full but, album and listen to the full album. When it came album. to these, like, indie records and stuff that were coming out, you just sit there, like, uh, search the name of the record and go, bit comment. You yeah, know, like, yeah. hopefully, it would come, like, a weird <laughs> file would come up. Like we were talking about earlier, just, like, people, you have to market the singles. It has to be, like, if people listen to the first three songs on Spotify and get bored, they'll click off of it. But it's, like, for these, a lot of the bands I've been doing research about, like, Ige, Bamyase, like, by Can, like, I was listening to that record a couple weeks ago, like, on repeat, and I was like, we really do miss out on, like, having full records nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not, like, how each song, like, transitions into the other, and there's all these weird sounds in the background that come up later in songs. Who knows? That might become popular again. Yeah. We'll see. But then they broke up from 2003 to 2010. The only thing they really released during this time was a couple of singles, I guess, that had never been released, and then... Most importantly, they're like Collective Peel Sessions, which was released in 2006, and mm-hmm. the, those were recorded from 1982 to 2001, so that was like a lot of different, that's live performances cataloging um, all the way the very beginning, like 81, yeah. and then all the way to like the height of their it's career. It's pretty much like all the hits. Like, yeah, and nice. so it's really cool to see how they evolved live. If you listen to this album, like in full, sitting down... Um, you literally see the evolution of the band. It's yeah, really cool you do. because it's live. Um, so it starts out, yeah, like they get better instruments, they get better at playing them, they get better recordings. You know, Jarvis Cocker finds his like vocal style. You know, they get fa- it's yeah, it's like a catalog of like what the band has been through uh, mm-hmm. through their greatest hits played live. Um, so that's like a really it's like a little artifact of Pulp. I feel yeah. like that's a cool thing. I just love that they always stayed true to the whole like theme of hardworking, you know, blue collar. Yeah, and that's yeah. When you look at all their greatest hits, they're all, all touch it on that. It just makes you feel not so that. alone as a, yeah. as a striving individual or an artistic yeah. person. Going, I see myself as this other person, but I don't really see myself like. Mariah Carey, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, but you want it, you still have your, even as a writer, I feel that I have, like, who I want to be, like, the brand and the artist and all Mm -hmm. these things, and so it's cool to see they, like, 
stayed true to that and Especially still Grant, that. because he knew yeah. in that uh, interview I talked about earlier, he was talking about, you know, I choose my clothes as part of my brand, my, you know, as an artist, like that's how you kind of show people yeah. who you are that don't know you or whatever. You know, like personal. first impressions. Yeah. yeah and that's like with the singles, with like the way you look, it's. Because th- yeah. those people don't know you or get to know you. So people who see you through whatever content, you know, that's their first impression is what you're wearing, what you look like. Yeah. And they make that assumption. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's especially important, like, in the music industry and things. So it's, like, in, uh, that's also, like, in the documentary, um, whenever they reunited in 2011, which we can touch on in a minute I here. I bet they reunited again. Yeah, I hope so. And, uh, he... It's a big thing, right? Um, he was talking about when they played, like, uh, one of their first, like, reunion shows back, he was like, all I can think about is I have to change my tire later because it's flat. And he's like, I don't know, I just played a show in front of thousands of people, but I still gotta change my tire in the morning. And it's like, it's so cool. Like, they really are, like, this band for normal people and about, like, working class and making something out of nothing. A lot of people from Nashville are from, like, small towns in Tennessee or all over the South Mm -hmm. or, like, different places where they had to come here to be who they wanted to be and do the job they wanted to do. And uh, so it's it's so relatable. Like, that's so accessible, like, growing up, like, wherever you did and then being in this city thrust into, like, music and entertainment industry and... uh, yeah still like you know everyone lives with roommates and all this stuff so you go home at the end of the day and you're still kind of who you are but you're still becoming this like artist and this person absolutely everything about what i got going on right now yeah like grew up in and in telehoma is like you know there are people with money but nothing like what i've seen now like yeah like these like high-rise apartments in new york city and shit that i've ended up being at through touring or whatever just like you know so telehoma in my mind was just a lot of hard-working people and southern people and then you know, I'm just really happy I got to grow up around very like just a lots and lots of different types of people yeah and, definitely and, and, like nothing really surprises me I guess <laughs> now I feel that yeah and growing up in like um just a working class place like uh-huh. I feel like you learn more that way and you learn how to kind of forge your own way which is yeah. kind of what these guys did which is exactly. what we're all trying to do and so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's really cool and it's really relatable. I can listen to this music and, like you were saying, not feel so alone, just kind of feel like, okay, like, I'm not the only one who's had to start from nothing. Right. And uh, Like, when I listen to Disco cool. 2000, it brings me right back to when I was in high school, and yeah. it reminds me of that person that I've kind of got inside of me that's my real self, you know? That... Yeah, that, like, started it all. That was, like, you know, you wanted to, like, strive for bigger things. And... Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the whole point of pulp to me that's kind of the whole culmination of what pulp is Mm -hmm. like just all of that but yeah so after that they reunited in 2011 and played wireless festival in isle of right and then they were like the surprise guest at glastonbury and i guess around this time is when they made the documentary Mm because it was about when they were playing a like hometown show in sheffield because they toured after that that was like last show yeah, um, so I guess they haven't really done much after that, like, I guess Jarvis Cocker, he did something, he was in some kind of side project with some members of, like, Radiohead, really? and then, yeah, and I guess he did something with, like, the Harry Potter movies. Oh, he was in um, the, oh my god, okay, so the scene where they're at the, like, their fourth Harry Potter movie, uh, okay. just watch this, they're, um, at the dance, you know, yeah, Hermione's, yeah. like, all pretty, and, um... 
They're the band. Okay. No, okay. That oh, that's makes what this sense. is. It's the okay. the Weird Sisters. Yeah. Is their name of their band. Okay. Which sucks because there's a band in Nashville now called the Weird Sisters. <laughs> they need to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. And then like Steve Mackey worked. He like produced stuff for Florence and the Machine and M.I.A. and all these cool like indie bands that were coming up around that time. You should listen to that song they put out on that movie. It's like dance really around should. like a crazy. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't figure out. I was trying to research and I knew he did something with Radiohead. Like I'd heard that somewhere. I think it's and then just I, like, that. Like. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, that's cool, though. I don't know. I guess that's all for, like, their discography. Kind of went through it. Um, And then Jarvis, after, in, like, 2006 and 2009, he released Silla Records, which we kind of touched on earlier. Um, I haven't checked on him too much, but I'm about to now in the next coming weeks. Yeah, I feel like I I don't, I'm not as well-versed in those, but they are cool records. Like, they kind of have that, like, this is hardcore sound. Um, very like outright clean songwriting and really very kinda... much a lot more stripped down yeah 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 more yeah because it's just him so it's more yeah the focus is more on like his vocals his songwriting and then he recently put out a single with Iggy Pop which is cool really yes yeah I love Iggy Pop so much me too so I think it's really cool that they um, work together oh he did the red right hand thing yeah right yeah I had no idea let's he's obviously still crazy. out there doing stuff which I like is that Iggy Pop cool. likes Jarvis Cock <laughs> me <laughs> too <laughs> like I'm, that makes me glad that they're friends so now Pulp like even though they're not really I guess a band right now they still have this legacy they've influenced so many so many bands and I feel like now like retrospectively they're like looked back on as yeah this like Britpop band and Jarvis Cocker is like this great Great example of a frontman, like his live performances mm-hmm. are always consistent. Oh man, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like stuff like in uh, 1996 at the Brit Awards, he like Michael <laughs> Jackson was performing Earth Song, and he like jumped on stage and like started making fun of how he was dancing and stuff. And so stuff like that just still rings true to like kind of who he is, even in interviews you read from like the past year or so. Like he's like, you know, I just like was a little bit exhausted with all these like famous people like pretending they're like Jesus and you know once again like he's like I'm just like an ordinary guy making music I thought it'd be funny to make fun of him um and so yeah just stuff like that like they've always just been consistently like you know remembering their roots and kind of making better art like out of where they came from Mm -hmm. that's Pulp the band and uh you should listen to their records watch their documentary and uh, it's a great intro to other Britpop. Totally. Yeah. It'll get you into Oasis. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for listening to Bandsplainer, our episode about Pulp. And uh, we hope you enjoy.